0: Broadcasting live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Republic Boot Company in the Heights. Don't sweat the technique. It's the Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Now bringing you the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. We are at Republic Boot Company in the Heights. 1133 East 11th Street, republicbootcompany.com. It is Rodeo Eve. Been throwing a party all day long. Uh, booze over there at the bar. They have some gentle bin. That's always fantastic. Oh. He's giving a little toast. I like that. I like a toast from across the room. Uh, they have hat, suits, sports coats, shirts, boots. Boots, 15% off Rodeo Ready Boots, by the way. This year's place to get... I mean, they have wall-to-wall boots. They're fantastic. They smell real good too. Uh, also, your chance to win a Turtle Box speaker with the purchase of a boot, Bluetooth speaker, not a radio. Who, who Joe? Was this a note for you? You didn't understand what this was. Joe sitting in the Astrodome. Joe seats. left you the
1: smiley. There There's though. a little
0: note left for the talent here. Joe, Joe's now talent.
1: Oh, that's right. So he can you can yeah. use
0: all these talent things. There's a little note here left on what a Turtle Box speaker was. I'm just wondering. Who was the person who didn't know what a turtle body oh, speaker Joe was? Oh, Joe can't get
1: enough of himself so much he's putting a headset on. He's right. talent now. He, he can That's do true. do this. I, just, I, I think it was Dell. Oh. I think it was Dell.
2: Okay. Dell didn't know, here. so someone wrote it for it. him? Yeah, it was here when I got here, so I assume it was well, Dell. We also were told
1: by, by management that you had a list of a bunch of bullet points on all the great we things. Did. We did. And, told and that. then we get up here and you go, um, yeah.
2: I texted to Jeremy. Yeah, four minutes oh, into the show.
0: Yeah, four minutes into the show you texted him. You told me I texted it to him. Um, I didn't say that. I said, "Do you have the bullet points in the sheet?" Because I was told you had them. He said, "I'll text it to you," and you texted me. Mm. Let's see, three oh three. We go on the. What time do we go on the air, Joe? Three. three. Mm. three. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> stopping in, Joe. Joe George of the Killer Gs. You can listen to him from 12 to 3. Catch the G-men when with, you can. Uh, with Paul Gallant. uh What is your Houston Texans bold move that they can make? ESPN had the trade for Kilo Mack. We'll get into that in a second. But what is your bold move that they can make this offseason?
1: I, I think for me it, it is doing what D'Amico wants them to do, somehow finding a way to not only just replace whatever pieces, if it's Rankins that leaves and or Grenard, but to – Improved the defensive line. I thought the defensive line was such a huge improvement from what we had seen in the previous two two plus years that I was pleased with Collins and Rankins and obviously the bookends of Grenard and, and Will Anderson. Um, but if he wasn't pleased, then the challenge to me between him and Nick Casario is prove to me that if you weren't pleased and you said you want to upgrade that, that you can. Because you have the challenge of the cap and money as well as you do have all your draft picks. By the end, of when all the dust settles after free agency in the draft, show me that you have made the bold move of improving this defensive line like you wanted to do because I think it's extremely challenging when we just look at it from a daily basis.
0: My, uh, my bold move will be to bring in another B, Justin Matabike, the defensive mm. tackle from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. This, is, this would now – Again, this is like a bold move. We're kind of playing fairytale here because I don't think Baltimore lets him leave. I think he'll be a franchise tag candidate uh, for the Ravens. But this would be the guy that I have the most interest in. 26 years old. He's a game-raker in the middle of the defensive line. How many defensive tackles get to the quarterback 13 times in a year? Like, you give me 13 sacks from a defensive tackle to line up either next to or just the player over from Will Anderson, that's going to strike fears into the heart of quarterbacks. And I think the most important thing you can do defensively is wrecking the other Mm quarterback. That's why I like to to call for the head of a quarterback. That's why I'm pro-bounty game. Get to the quarterback, make him feel pressure, take him off of his game. This is how you do it. So that would be my biggest, like, splash that you could possibly make. What do I think the chances of that being realistic are? like less than 3% because I think they're going to tag him. Yeah,
1: it's the totality of improving the line then if you can't just get the one individual player because obviously besides him – the guy that everybody thought had those kind of capabilities of the athleticism, not just like the run stopping, overly big, you know, uh, stopgap guy, mm-hmm. but Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, aside from the off the field, they, they thought he was a guy that could get to double digit sacks from the middle of the line. They're rare. They're hard to come, from, come by, and when you get them, you've got to take full advantage. It would be awesome to have him, and you know, D'Amico would love to work with him. But realistically, if that's not going to happen, then, then just do what you said you were going to, wanted to do and, and improve the totality of the entire defensive line.
0: So I'm going
1: uh, Matt BK. Who did you say again? You said... Um... I just said a combo platter. I mean, I would love to, whether between the draft and free agency, I would love... If, if I got Murphy on the inside, then I would like to replace John Grenard. And if it's the money, if you don't you want gotta, to spend... You've got to give got to give me a name. You
0: got to give me a name you can not go combo platter me with your ketchup and your... SUV. You got to give me a name,
1: a real human what's, name. What, what's his name? In um, well, I, I mean, obviously, I love Josh Allen. Josh Allen's going to be franchise yeah. tag. Well,
0: I mean, I, yeah, I mean, throw, that's that's a good one. Like okay, I, okay, I mentioned, okay. a franchise tag guy. You can mention a franchise uh, tag Josh guy. Allen. Brian, what do you think? Who who would be your big splash that you would want?
3: Well, you, you stole mine, so I'm, I'm going to pivot, and I, I think. The, there's an opportunity to address defensive line in the draft. We just talked, you know, a few segments ago about uh, hopefully getting Byron Murphy there at number pick number 23. So yeah. I think the other big defensive need that you got to address is corner. and I would offer a blank uh, blank check to Logarius Sneed. I think I saw a stat that he didn't allow his first touchdown uh, reception in Good his player. coverage until the postseason. Yep. You, add, you put him next to Stingley. You add to the defensive line in the draft, and I am really excited about this defense. Well, you I'm said sure. a
1: blank
0: check. How much you willing to spend? I'm surprised he didn't say the wrong name. I'm surprised. He didn't call him like or something
3: <laughs> i haven't i haven't well, looked at the, can really
1: handle the ball for you of h
3: yeah exactly yeah exactly i haven't seen the his market projection yet but i would be i'd be willing to pay market price
0: yeah i like him too he, he's a name that i, I like as well he, he wouldn't be like my top two or three because i want
1: a guy who can get to the quarterback uh, but i i do like his game I, I probably you, my favorite corner okay can i ask you just would you be willing to take depending on price again but would you look at Xavier howard no,
0: I got caught a casual for saying I'm out on Xavier and Howard. Uh, people are calling me casual on Twitter, like, "Oh, you don't know anything about football. You're a casual because you don't know Xavier and Howard." I know Xavier and Howard has sucked the last two years. I know he's not
1: good the last two years. He's thirty years old. He got hurt late in the year this year. Hurt the year. I don't prior. think that he was bad. But if you got a one-year deal, Stevie Nelson type money from this year, you wouldn't take Xavier and Howard. I'm out not, on Xavier
0: and Howard. Not
3: at age thirty. Not I'm at age thirty. I I'm, now, if, if I'm for, not a big pro record, football the... focused
0: guy. But I think that pro football focus is really all you have to work with with a player that you haven't seen day in, day out. He had a a player grade this past year of 55.1. That is bad. And the year before that, like, okay, let's just say that was a one-year regression, one-year anomaly. Uh, Vic Fangio didn't use him right because Jalen Ramsey came out and said that Vic Fangio didn't use Howard and Jalen Ramsey right. Well, he wasn't there, Vic Fangio, in 2022. Howard's a 58.4. Again, bad. Like, he's Mm -hmm. washed. Who was that dude who signed the big contract and then he disappeared with Asimwal? Was that who it was? Yeah, Nambi oh, Asawal. Yeah, yeah. awesome remember, awesome. remember Nambi Asawal yeah. was, like, awesome, and then Kerry all of a Washington sudden he was awful? Him. Yeah, Olivia Pope. Yeah. Yeah, scandal. Like, he was terrible once he got to a certain age. I think Xavier Howard's washed. Watch, I think Xavier Howard is done. I have no interest in the former Baylor Bear. Sorry.
1: Okay. I- I'm just saying, I'm looking at ways you can find another veteran to replace Stevie Nelson if that's the way you choose to do it, if you don't go into the draft. Uh, and guys that are above average. I- I've said previously, Sneed, to your point, B Mac, Snead would have been great to me, but that's too much money. Well, he's, gonna, he's just going to command way too much money.
3: Uh, I did find the market value. Tell me this is still too much. It's 16.3 is the AAV, oh. four years, 65000000 million. I'd be fine with that. That's How he? high. He, he's, 27, he's 27. He's 27.
0: 27. Now, the problem with that is that it's going to overlap when Stingley needs a new deal. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe you can give him the four-year deal, but you try to get those last two years, like, non-guaranteed. Because he once you
1: pay that. Stingley, I don't think you can pay both. And I don't think he's doing that because he'll have enough people that are interested in him that he's going to be able to True. basically write the deal.
0: Yeah. Um, ESPN listed trading for Khalil Mack as the bold offseason move for the Texans. Do you like the idea of the bold offseason move being a trade
1: for Khalil Mack? No, because Khalil Mack, I think, is on the downside of his career. He's paid a boatload of money. I don't think he has nearly the impact he did when he first joined the Bears or when he was with the Raiders. And I think that if, if you're D'Amico Ryans, you'd rather have a guy, uh, the brother of a guy that you've already worked with. And, again, he has some injury concerns. But if Bosa, of the two guys, if, if, if they have to clear cap space, I don't want Khalil Mack. But if you want to talk Bosa to me, I'd be interested in at least seeing what they want for him because Bosa's a, a game wrecker if he's healthy.
0: Yeah. Like, like Mack has way more in the tank than, like say, Howard. Mack coming off a career high in sacks. It's Khalil Mack. a lot of
1: help on defense. Eh, I
0: mean, Bosa was always hurt.
1: Yeah, but he played, and you got James in the back back end of that defense. There was a lot of weapons on that defense to where Mac kind of didn't get the kind of double coverage he got from a. Well, from would other Mac teams be covered double cover with the Texans because of Will Anderson?
0: Yeah, like give me, I, I like here's why I'm out with Mack. I don't want to trade for Mack because that contract is stupid. Mm-hmm. But a, a guy coming off a 17 sack season, he I think, had he, 17? I think he, he had 17. I did like, not know that he had an unbelievable year. I am very intrigued by Khalil Mack. If you're, leaving, if you're walking from Grenard, you're looking for like a one-year guy, two-year bridge, like the future defensive end opposite of Will Anderson, I am very intrigued by Khalil Mack. He's played defensive end. Like he hasn't only been in three, four defenses. He's played in four, three defenses and didn't miss a beat. Like when he was with the Raiders the first go around, that when he was winning the you know defensive player yep. of the year, he was in a 4-3. He was playing with his hand in the dirt. I, I would love Khalil Mack on the Houston Texans. I don't want Khalil Mack on this current contract. But I don't
1: think anybody's going to trade for
0: this contract. I think he's going to be cut. Right. I think he's going to be free. And if he becomes free, absolutely sign me up.
1: Yeah, that's, that's where it becomes interesting is because they've got a, a cap situation where there's going to be cap casualties because they've got too many big names with big contracts, and they've got to shed some, some salary weight. So I think you're right. I think he's going to get cut, and I think that that would be an awesome situation to look at if you could add a guy like that. Also, a
3: really strong veteran leader in the locker room.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm on board with uh, Khalil Mag. Brian, you cool with Khalil Mag? Would you trade for him though?
3: I, I would probably pass on trading him. So I believe his number this year is like 17 million. That eats up a large chunk of what you have to uh, resign your own free agents and make some additional moves. So uh, I would probably pass on trading for him, but I would definitely be, you know, day one if he gets released. I'm, I'm blowing up his phone and trying to get him to sign here because I think, I mean, 17 sacks, he had the most tackles for loss he's had since like 2016. I think he's got a lot left in the tank.
1: I think teams are going to basically be apprehensive on the dollar figure because they know the ability is still there. I would be stunned if he gets traded. Like I, I don't think yeah. any team's going to pick that up. Like I would be shocked if he gets traded you know it's like a buyout candidate in the NBA. You know you're not going to trade right before the deadline. Bad example, but one of the latest examples was like a Kyle Lowry. No one was going to trade for Kyle Lowry because they knew that the minute that the deadline was over, he was going to be set free, and you could go sign him for a much lower dollar figure. And, and obviously, Max has got a lot more left in the tank than Kyle Lowry.
0: 6856 says uh, Kiecki from L.A. Get it? Get CJ another big-time weapon. Eh, I prefer
1: it to be a running back over
0: a receiver. Uh, And then Saquon Barkley uh, mentioned
1: it's what we've talked about, though. There's ways to give him another weapon that fits in with the rest of the receivers you already have without giving wide receiver one type money or 20 plus million dollars. I think the money has to be smart, smartly spent on the defensive side of the football, based on the the, the key positions that are coming open.
0: Teams are uh, free to negotiate with free agents starting on March eleventh. Cannot wait! Killer bees broadcasting live. Republic Boot Company Rodeo Eve. They're trying to get you ready for the rodeo beginning tomorrow. Fifteen percent off rodeo ready boots. Coming up next with the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five, ESPN ninety two five. Who is your Astro breakout player? of 2024 713-780-3776 killer bees live from republic boot company on espn 97.5 and espn 92.5. 92.5. I've been telling you for years that Gentle Ben is the best. They have Gentle Ben over there at that, at that bar, by the way. Whether it's the vodka, gin, straight bourbon whiskey, or the cash strength bourbon, it's all top shelf, and it starts with the finest ingredients, classic time-honored distilling methods. Gentle Ben uses a revolutionary technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you will ever taste. One of the things you'll love that's not in Gentle Ben are harsh solvents. Nasty elements that don't belong in your spirits, and they don't in Gentle Bin. You get all the flavor with none of the burn. Unparalleled smoothness and an enjoyable drinking experience. The next time you head to dinner, go to your favorite bar, ask for Gentle Bin. Look for Gentle Bin at the liquor store on your way home and pick up a bottle today. If you're looking for plans, how about heading to the Gentle Bin tasting room? If you're going to the Toyota Center soon, stop by Bin's Bar. Astro Game just around the corner. Bin's Bar inside of Minute Maid Park. As well. Gentlebin.com to learn more about your favorite spirits and also ordering straight from the website. That's right. Go to gentlebin.com, add the vodka, add the gin, add the bourbon to your cart, and they'll deliver it straight to your doorstep. Gentlebin.com. Gentlebin for those who care about what they drink.
2: Some foreign car driving dude with a road rage attitude. Pulled up beside me talking on a cell phone started yelling at me like i did something wrong he flipped me the bird and then he was gone some beach Somewhere.
0: killer bees broadcasting live republic boot company getting you rodeo ready 15 percent off your rodeo ready boots Look at, look at Brian. Look at Brian being That's a producer. A producer right there. Look at Brian being a producer. Uh, rodeo ready from head to toe here at Republic Boot Company. Tomorrow is Rodeo Kickoffs and Rodeo Eve inside of Republic Boot Company. Full stock bar, hats, suits, sport coats, shirts, and boots. Also visit them online at Republic Boot Company. Dot com. But in the Heights, 1133 East eleven thirty three East Eleventh Street, seven seven zero zero nine the zip code. Station, punching it into your navigation. Uh, let's go out to the HRP listener line. We'll get to the Astros breakout player in just a moment. Who is your Astro breakout player in two thousand twenty four? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. But Philip wants to talk about the text. Philip. You're in the
2: hive of the bees. What's up? Hey guys. So um, I keep coming back to you, talking about big names on free agency, and I would love to get one, but I just don't know how the money works out because I feel like the cap space if you get one big guy whoever it is at 20 25 30 million whoever it might be like Chris Jones they're talking 28 million for him um it leaves you almost nothing to fill in all the other holes because they have so many free agents and so i'm wondering if they do that tactic you go out and you get a top tier guy maybe a guy um, just under that also leaving you little left over Maybe you fill in the gap by really moving back in the draft and targeting third round, late second, and try to compile a lot of mid-round picks to fill in those extra bodies. Um, maybe even moving some twenty twenty five picks to, say, move a, like a 24, late four, and get up into the bottom of the third, using future picks to add a starting-level young player to fill in those gaps on the cheap because they're going to run out of cap space real quick, unless they restructure, and then you're just pushing dead money into the future when you're going to be tight when Stroud gets paid already.
1: Appreciate the call, Phillip. Look, I think that we've talked a lot about the fact that you know that it's up to, what, 10 guys, starters you're going to have to replace, and you got to have to get creative at a certain point. And that's kind of what I was referring to earlier in the show. If you go with the big, big splash, then which positions are suffering and how are you trying to make up for that? We know that the cap number is still going to go up, but we know that they still have too many holes to fill to think reasonably and comfortably about going and making too big of a splash. But even to Joe's point, when you add two uh, two running backs instead of one, if the price is right, you have to be strategic in the way you go about your business. You can, in the draft, we know you can add depth to the offensive line. You can probably find a corner and a receiver starting in rounds like three. If you want to try and get more picks, that's where Nick likes to make deals. But, I mean, I don't know to what impact. That's the biggest thing. You're going to need starters out of the draft day one in some in some regard, depending on what you do or don't do with your own free agents and free agency.
0: I'm not a big fan of the big game hunting. Like, I, I know it's fun banner. I know it's fun fodder to, to discuss. and. Everybody's, you know, that has a microphone. Well, they, the Texans are in prime position to, you know, add player A, player B, to be a Super Bowl contender. They need to add a, a big name. They need to add a Saquon. They need to add a Mike Evans. They need to get the biggest names that are out on the market. I don't think that's how you become a contender, quite frankly. Spending in free agency is usually not how you build a winner. Right. Uh, building a winner through the draft is signing the shrewd free agent moves. Like, if you look at Kansas City, what has Kansas City's biggest free agent acquisition been? You look at their offense; like they had Mahomes, they had Kelsey. They spent money on a right tackle who's kind of underachieved, quite frankly. I kind of want
1: to move on from it.
0: the uh, Pacheco was a six round draft pick. Uh-huh. You look at their receivers; they're all homegrown. Uh-huh. They even traded Tyreek Hill in, for for a few for a first and, and didn't pay him the forty million. Three. But Reed wasn't a big, like, I think that's more shrewd. One, right? Like, there wasn't a huge free agent acquisition in terms of money. That was more shrewd. Like, they've spent money to keep their own. Like, they spent on Chris Jones. Like, I think that the way, and like, you look at Baltimore. Baltimore's been very good for a very mm-hmm. long time. How does Baltimore stay good? They draft really well. I don't think that, that big name hunting is how
1: you build winners, quite no, it's frankly. It's how you sell tickets. It's more like those kind of of middle-of-the-road type teams that make the big splash because that's what fires up the average fan. That's how you sell more tickets and get more excitement. But does it really help you win the Super Bowl or or advance in your, in your, your vision of trying to win a Super Bowl? In a lot of cases, it doesn't. That's why... You're a little less splashy, but maybe a little bit more effective when you start talking about two guys for the price of one, getting some veterans because they were cut uh, as a cap casualty or, you know, their price tag isn't as high. They just want to taste winning, and they know you're building something for the next couple years when they're still in the league at their prime. They, yeah. can, they can play winning football.
0: And to Phillip's point, like it could restrict you from being a contender in two to three years. Yep. So, like, you go all in on Mike Evans, Mike Evans – fades or let's say Mike Evans has a really like a like a good year one like a good year one but you lose in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs and then the next two years he goes he regresses backwards and he's nowhere near the money that you're paying him. I I talk a lot about return on investment because I think in a salary cap league you have to get the most value for the dollar. If the if the if the cap is two hundred and seventy million, what is it? Two sixty five. If the cap's two sixty five, well, how do you get three hundred million dollars in value off of two hundred and sixty five million dollars that you're spending? Usually, it's young players. Usually, it's players that you drafted. Like C.J. Strouds on a rookie quarterback deal, he's going to give you top three quarterback value. Will Anderson's on a defensive end rookie deal. Well, all rookie deals are the same, depending on where you get drafted. Uh, he's on a rookie deal at a premium d- position. Where if Will Anderson was, uh, if you were paying Will Anderson for the production he's giving you, it's a twenty-five million dollar a year uh-huh. player. Easy, you're getting him on a rookie deal. So you're like you're getting a twenty-five million dollar player on an eight million dollar contract. Same thing with CJ Stroud, a forty million dollar player on a ten million dollar contract. So you have to squeeze the most out of the money you're spending. And the moment you spend a free agent, the the best you're going to get on return investment for a high price free agent is what you signed him for. Uh-huh. If you sign Mike Evans for $25 million, the most you're getting out of Mike Evans is $25 million. So you have to get return on the dollar, and most of the time, big-name free agents, almost all the time, big-name free agents ain't the way. That's why I
1: said, in this market, it's amazing to me that that the, it was outlandish enough to think that they're going to go big-game hunting and give Evans 25-plus. But then to say, and that's going to open the floodgates because then that's not all they're going to do. They're going to go get Barkley, too, or they're going to also get a big name somewhere else. And I'm like, where's this money coming from? And where are you trying to, to fill out the rest of your roster of guys that you lost from starters, whether they left your team and or you know you have to replace them? And that's, that's why it's so perplexing to me. Even one is challenging. Two, it's completely ridiculous. With all the holes, too, and the Texans being the, the leader in free agents
0: that they have out the door, I'm I'm very fascinated what Nick Casario is going to do because we don't have a tell on Nick Casario like very much like Dana Brown this off season we didn't have a tell on what Dana Brown was going to be because they signed him so late last off season I know that Casario has been around but Casario was never building with a playoff caliber team right. he was building with a team that was one of the worst in the NFL and now he built it up so well that you have all those foundational pieces that have made you a a playoff-caliber team. It may be the tough schedule. Maybe they take a step back, don't make the playoffs. I don't believe that to be true, but maybe that does happen. That's why I'm going to say playoff-caliber team. So what does Nick Casario do as his first year as a general manager with the playoff-caliber team? I have no idea. Does he big-name hunt uh, or big-game hunt? Does he go for Barkley, Evans, or all these like, names at the top of the market, or does he sign these B-level free agents and try to turn them into A-level players? Does he sign a C-level free agent? Kind of like Cashman. I think Blake Cashman, when they signed him, was a C-level free agent,
1: turned him into a B-level player. I'm curious. I'm, I'm very interested. Yeah, can you find a replacement for Stevie Nelson yeah. and upgrade the position, but not have to upgrade the dollar figure. That's the biggest challenge is the fact that now you don't need the, the fighting Rex Burkheads. You need more guys that are more in the prime of their career, looking for that ample opportunity to play for a winner while still getting money, but fitting into a scheme that fits for them. And all the pieces fit. That's why it is. You're not bridging the gap to try and get to the next level. Now you're trying to take it to the real next level of competitive, Super Bowl contending type football, and that's you still are trying to keep it on that same budget. Like, if you're going
0: if you're going stars and scrubs, because if you, I mean, 65 million, but you got to spend on kicker, punter, you got to spend on the rookie class. I mean, you have money to spend, but if you use that money on three to four players who are, let's just call them A level free agents, we can call them stars here, and then you're filling out the rest of your roster 15 ish players on your two deep that are scrubs, is that the way to go? Or is it better to have just a bunch of really good players across the board, maybe no stars, but no scrubs, everybody's just solid? I would argue in football – i rather have the latter. Yes. I would say if it was basketball, I'd rather have Stars well, and Scrubs. But,
1: but this ain't basketball. But you mentioned it. You already have the Stars in place in a lot of areas because you have the most important position on the field in CJ. You have Will Anderson, the defensive rookie of the year. You've got guys that have proven uh, the offensive line is extremely solid now so that you've got a, 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 the kind of foundation that you need with Stars, with Tunsell being one of the top left tackles in the game. Now you have to fortify it with Better players, but not necessarily star caliber money.
0: Yeah, so you know that's and it's you you do radio and it's like don't sign Saquon Barkley, sign a bunch of B level free agents. It's like it doesn't sell, Uh, especially if you're on you know the highway to hell. Like try try sell it like saying they're on the highway to hell. Oh yeah, you need return on investment. You need a lot of boring solid free agents uh, as opposed to well, you got C J Stroud, you got to act now, you got to go
1: out and win it right this second. Okay, that's not the wise way to spend the money. Not and the, the highway the hell is the one that's saying once you sign Evans, that opens the floodgates to go get another big-time free yeah. agent. Where's the money coming from?
0: <laughs> exactly. 713-780-ESPN-HRMP. Listener line, 713-780-3776. Let's get to the Astro conversation. Who is your Astro breakout player for 2024? 713-780-3776. Killer bees broadcasting live from Republic Boot Company in the Heights on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN
1: 92.5. Rid, 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 Nick.
0: You're listening to the Killer Bees and some great music presented by R.C. Ranch. The official beef jerky of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. We are also a Republic Boot Company on the eve of the rodeo. Rodeo Eve, 15% off rodeo-ready boots to pass out, some drinks, cold beers, cocktails at the fully stocked bar as you shop for your rodeo boots and everything here uh, that you could possibly want on rodeo eve. Uh, they have the, the hats, the suits, the sport coats, the shirts, the boots, 15% off. Nope. And then also, you can win a turtle box speaker potentially if you uh, buy some boots as well. Uh, this is your spot. Also, visit them online, republicbootcompany.com. Yeah, what did you say earlier?
1: Paul wanted the what? Paulie was really kind of entranced by some of the earrings uh, that, with some of the sparkle to them um, that he was getting into. But he said he likes, what do you call them? The Not trink- tchotchkes, but trinkets, trinkets, yeah, he said that to Joe on air because I was listening to the g men what, what what trinkets particularly uh, Joe, did you see him in the trinkets he was looking at? huh, does he want a bottle opener or I mean, what's a trinket
0: for him? I just know that Paul was wearing a bracelet jeans whenever he was ten years old, I don't know how he fit into him, but he did uh who the is They're good who is the breakout player? of the year for the Astros in 2024. Uh, CBS Sports picked a breakout candidate for each team. They picked Oliver Ortega. I'll be honest with you, I forgot who Oliver Ortega was. I remember when I, now seeing his name, I was like, who is that again? And I looked at him, oh yeah, that's the guy that they claimed off waivers, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he also pitched today because I was like, okay, let's, let's see this Oliver Ortega guy. It wasn't televised, but he gave up a hit, a walk, one run in his one inning of work. They did strike out a guy, so maybe that's good enough to make the team. Uh, so Oliver Ortega, I don't think any of us are going to pick Oliver Ortega. So who is your Astro breakout player in 2024?
1: I'm going Yiner. I'm going Yiner when he gets full-time at-bats, when he gets full-time opportunities behind the plate. I'm going for him to capitalize on what he started going, that Dusty let him, didn't let him do enough a year ago. And I'm looking for a guy that's going to be knocking on the door the first four in that lineup by by putting up some monster numbers and making everybody realize that Atley Rushman is not the only premier catching prospect in the major leagues that's got all-star caliber skills.
0: Yeah, I I could nitpick this a little bit and say, is it okay to call a guy who hit 23 home runs last year a breakout?
1: But I think it is because of the fact that he didn't play every day. He wasn't a regular. In the playoffs, people were nitpicking him that he wasn't doing anything and he wasn't getting the opportunity to do more. And and now there's a ton more pressure on him and everybody looking at him because Maldi's gone and he was the security blanket of two-year starting pitchers and the challenge of becoming the everyday catcher and all the responsibilities as and dealing with veterans as well as trying to pick up where he left off and do it consistently enough is why I think he's going to do it and that's why he would be a breakout. I think that's where he has the most uh, answers or most questions to answers on the defensive end no doubt because
0: he didn't play regularly behind the dish that is it is a very important position like we mocked Dusty about you know how much value he gave to handling a pitching staff Uh, all of like the homework but but he I mean it does matter we can argue how much it matters and should they play over a really good offensive bat uh, but that stuff does come into play so he has a lot of questions to answer defensively offensively he showed he was a very good player Uh, defensively we haven't seen a whole lot and I think with more that we see him defensively especially in the first half of the year I I think we're going to notice some of the things that Dusty noticed Uh, behind closed doors for, uh, you know, a better way to say it. I think we're going to see him struggle a bit defensively. He has a cannon, no doubt. Let's see how he receives. Let's see how he blocks pitches in the dirt every, if he's starting four or five games uh, behind the dish. Because there were some times last year, I was like, this guy's, not to say he's a butcher, but he shows some signs of being a little bit of a butcher. So I, I don't, I didn't love what I saw from him last year defensively, other than his arm. He's got a cannon. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you can't argue his arm. His arm is is a rifle. But I am very interested to see how pitch he calling. handles the full workload of blocking pitches in the dirt, working with a staff. Does does Frambois Valdez have confidence to that have breaking ball on a one two count to Yiner? Yeah, pitch I
1: don't calling know. is going to be big, especially with a guy like Verlander who's so dominantly boisterous about you know, having everything his way as a starting pitcher. Fromber, because we, we joked about Maldi being his psychologist as well as his backstop. Those are going to be things where he's going to have to pick it up right away, develop those relationships starting with spring training, and then not skip a beat once the game start for real. You're going to hate my
0: breakout of 2024. <laughs> okay, Knowing that I just said that, who do you think I'm going to say? Josh Hader. No, I can't say hater. Josh Hader can't be a breakout. Josh okay. Hader's one like reliever of the years. Uh,
3: you're okay. going to say Hunter Brown?
0: No, Oh I do like that one from the pitching staff. I hope that it's Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown would be awesome, but Blankers wouldn't hate that. Blankers wouldn't hate if Hunter Brown was the breakout Brian player in 2024. No, he's already done it. He's, okay. he's already broken out. He's already been the best reliever in the American League the last two years.
3: <laughs> Tell me you're going to say Mashinsky
0: no who's who's, who would i hate oh jake myers jake myers Myers, i think jake myers is gonna be the breakout player 2024 i'm not saying he's gonna be an all-star i'm not saying he's gonna turn into one of the top 15 players in the american league in center field all i'm saying is that breakout by jake myers i think he turns into a player that we feel comfortable being the everyday center fielder that's a low bar that's not a high bar i think he's gonna hit 250 i think he's gonna hit 12 to 15 home runs. I think he's going to play good defensive center field. I think the rest of the Astros lineup is going to be good enough to where it doesn't kill you that Jake Myers establishes himself as the true everyday center fielder for the Astros in a, Breakout, quote unquote campaign. I
1: mean, I think I think Jake Myers' breakout would be to break out of orange and blue and find a home somewhere else. When the Astros finally give up on him for the last you time, really realize Jake Myers. I, don't just, you I told drives, you he drives me nuts. Find a new home for him and let Chaz and Dubon platoon center you field know, if that's the way you want to go. One thing that
0: I do hate about Jake mm. is why does his helmet fall off every time he swings? It makes him very unlikable. If he had a helmet that fit, that didn't fall off half the time, I think he would be liked more. His facial (laughs) expressions that look like
1: total confusion 90% of the time drive me nuts. He
0: does have deer in the headlight look. He looks very aloof at times. Uh, Brian, who's your breakout for 2024?
3: I'm going a little bit more under the radar, and I'm going to have a a follow-up to last year's JP France as the old, old, super elderly prospect to break out out of nowhere. And I'm going to say Trey Cabbage. I mean, he, got he you I say thought he was start? going Eric Getty. Uh, well, yeah. Eric, I mean, how old is Eric Getty, though? He, he's not super old, is he? I just,
1: I thought you said this year's J.P. France. I thought, well, maybe Eric Getty.
3: Well, no, just because J.P. France was a 28-year-old prospect who had basically lost all prospect status, and Trey Cabbage pretty much lost the same thing with the Angels, even yes. though, and I get it, it was a hitter-friendly league he was in. He went 30-30 last year with an OPS over 900. So I think Trey Cabbage, and this is kind of a direct competition with what Jeremy said about Jake Myers, but I think there's going to be an opportunity in center field this year, and I, and I like uh, Cabbage's chance, maybe with better coaching around him, more better teammates to help point him in the right direction and coach him up. I think he could have a potentially a, a breakout season. Now,
0: cabbage would play left, and then Jake or Chaz would play center. But well, I mean, that, still, it would still the spot yeah, yeah, would that. open up, yeah. Right, but I just wanted to clarify. You weren't saying that cabbage was a center fielder, but it would it would move Chaz to center. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious about cabbage. Like there, I, there's a lot of holes in his swing. Like he strikes out a ton. I don't he know strikes how much coaching is
1: going to change that quickly either.
0: And if he was decent, the Angels aren't just going to like straight up well, they quit might. him. They
1: make a lot of dumb baseball decisions.
0: They do, but it's usually with money and spending yeah, on is. the wrong guys. I, I hope that Cabbage can, can carve out a role because they could use that type of help on their bench because their bench isn't very deep. You get a guy who can play the corners in the infield and the outfield with some power and with some speed, uh, that, would be, that would be awesome. That would be huge. I would throw Jeremy Pena into the mix here. Like If you combine Pena's good stuff in his first year, his power, uh, with his stuff offensively in the second year, improved strikeouts, improved eye, you put that player together with his defense – You're talking about a top ten-ish shortstop in baseball. So I could see him having that. Then you do have the pitcher options, like Hunter Brown. uh, Javier's broken out. Now he went backwards, but he broke out uh fromber like he already broke out like hunter brown's really the only name in the pitching staff uh, other than some of these middle relief options that could really break out it
1: has to be a rash i mean he's already broken out last year but now if he could just turn it into a full-blown rash and do it again that'd be fantastic that doesn't sound
0: like a positive like calling a guy a rash well, but if he's, like he's a already kick. had his if he's, if he's <laughs> already had
1: the breakout if, if he can make that breakout turn into a rash that means that he's being consistent and putting another year like that together which they desperately need with him playing more games in left field and, and looking like he's gonna be more of an everyday player. <laughs> two seven three eight, get Jake a chin strap for his helmet. That would look so funny.
0: Uh, two five six eight because Maldi was so much better with leading the league in pass balls. There's a difference between pass balls and wild pitches. Like Maldi led the league in pass balls because he would get lazy and not catch Boy, pitches sure at the top of the zone. Uh, Maldi could handle pitches like in the dirt though. That's not a pass ball. You block a pitch in the dirt or you don't block, it, it's a wild pitch. Uh, I'm very interested to see Yiner Diaz
1: for a Hundred and twenty games defensively to see what he looks like as a receiver. I think there's a lot of mental, the mental that's going to be pressure for him because he's dealing with a, a veteran staff that is so needy in so many ways. When you think about the demands of Verlander and the psychology of Fromber and and, and just understanding, you know Javier and the other guys you got, and even a younger player like Hunter Brown. That That's going to be challenging. And then, like you said, because Maldi did so much defensively with the way that he prepped and how all the people, all the players raved about all the extra work he did. And, and how much time does the kid have when he's trying to hone all these skills and become the everyday catcher to try and do the things that Maldi did with the, the game prep and the scouting and the breaking down and the meeting and the lineups and everything we heard about from position players and pitchers? And then being able to balance all of it because it is. It's so important with the staff and then with his offensive numbers.
0: 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the H R P listener line. Keith, you're in the hive of the bees. What's up, Keith?
2: Hey, guys. Love the show. Love the new lineup. Was there this morning for John and Lance. Republic booth, fantastic spot. Had some tacos. I got two two names for the breakout player. I'm, I'm tuning in a little bit late. Um, but I think Roy, Royce Lewis of the Twins. He has showed us a splash last year with the Grand Slam streak. I think he could hit 40, maybe 50 homers this year, be a monster breakout for the Twins' Royce Lewis. And I'm curious your guys' take on if Jared Kellenick now that he's with the Braves, is going to bat eighth or ninth. Do you think he can finally put it together and hit the Major League Pitching? What do you guys think?
1: Neither one play for the Astros. Yeah, That's what I think.
2: Keith, Keith
0: you did a great uh, hit earlier with John and Lance. I gave you a solid eight. You were really good this morning. You were really bad this afternoon. I'm worried what happened to you between John and Lance and the Killer Bees. I'm worried what happened with you in the hours uh, that transgressed between then and now. I can tell you what happened. Which Astros are going to have the biggest breakout? Although I do like your answers. Kelnick is interesting in the Atlanta lineup because they're loaded. And
1: I love Royce Lewis. It's a good call. Well, Keith. he's really good. But can I tell you where Keith went wrong? He got too, he got, his head got too big. He got too big. He started pumping himself up on the yeah. Internet and then telling people how to go online and, and catch the podcast so they could catch him <laughs> being a part of the lineup and, and and highlighting at which point in different shows he made his appearance. Yeah. You're not on the marquee, Keith. If you're a guest, just roll with it.
0: Keith, give you an eight earlier today uh, for your latest call just now. It's our first nominee for the car wreck of the day, which comes up next. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. What are you nominating for today's car wreck of the day? It's Killer Bees live from Republic Boot Company on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five.
1: Guys, before we take a break, tell you about the place we were on Friday. It's X Golf and Katy. It is an absolutely amazing place. If you're a golfer, it is fantastic. If you just love going to sports sports bars, it's phenomenal. It's the best combo platter of both. They are the best golf simulators I've ever seen in the Houston area. They are absolutely fantastic. The putting realistic, which is such a key when you're on a simulator. You can practice like you're on the range. You can play over 50 courses across the country, but their grand opening now was a huge success, and now they're ready to get into the business of making you guys enticed to get in there on a consistent basis. Like They've got all kinds of things. 50% off on all military and first responders every Monday. Twilight Tuesday, $5 margaritas Mexican candy shots, $6 specialty tequila and 20% off simulator time. Wednesday, get $1 wings and $2 off all whiskey. And lastly, enjoy Reverse Happy Hour every Thursday from 6 to 10. It's X-Golf Katie. You can get online and book your tee times, but get in there once. You'll be in there a lot. Whether it's bad weather, keeping you off the golf course, or just a desire to keep your game going, whether it's at night or at odd hours when there's not golf to be played, you can always find a way to play and hit the range at X-Golf and Katie.
3: Ah! all right? My leg is broken. Oh, the bone's coming see, me through. Ah! I you, ah! f- all, you my f-
0: This is the car wreck of the day. You guys got a little, he's got a little uh, pep to his step with that. This is the car wreck of the day. Didn't melt it in. I like that. Uh, what are you nominated for the car wreck of the day? 713-780-3776. Thanks so much for all the fine people here at Republic Boot Company, by the way. Uh, feeding us, giving everybody drink, not just us, but customer too.
1: Chris, coach, coaches. is, all, I mean, coach, coach is doing some free business. of charge. He throws in sports knowledge with all that he can do for you while you're here. <laughs> Yeah, he's the got a hot baseball negative is He claims to be your friend of Gernados. <laughs>
0: well played. Yeah, but uh, thanks so much for having us out. Hospitality here was fantastic. They want to take care of you as well. Rodeo ready from head to toe. Uh, it is Rodeo Eve. Rodeo starts tomorrow. Fifteen percent off Rodeo ready boots for the rest of the day. Uh, but hey, they're open all the time. It's not just today. So, if you're looking for a place to get geared up for the rodeo, this is your spot. Also, visit them online, republicbootcompany.com. Love being out here today. Uh, thank you once again to them. Get to our car wreck of the day. Well, we're nominating Keith, our previous caller. Yes, gets nominated for sure. car wreck of the day. Alex is nominating Joe. No, way. Alex is nominating Joe for being selfish and breaking up the crew. So that's why he's getting nominated. What are you nominating, Blinkers?
1: I am nominating Kyle Filipowski of Duke because I understand Ooh. that court storming is a problem. He's a faker. Uh, <laughs> if you look at it, and especially nowadays when you got every camera angle in the building, including the aerial shot, he tried to deliver the first blow to a fan. He then faked, in my opinion, faked the fact that he got hit in a knee that when you look at the replays in every angle, doesn't look like that knee ever got hit. And now it comes out that his status is in the air. He's sore, but it doesn't look like anything major happened. It's because nothing did happen, but you wanted to over-exemplify the fact that court storming is a problem. And oh, by the way, your coach did the same damn thing. When he saw what was going on, he tried to give a stiff arm to another fan that was running out onto the court, but then wanted to cry about the overall procedure. I get it, court storming's the problem. You make it worse when you fake it.
0: I don't. I don't think that he thought big game. I'm um, trying to in court storming though when he did that. I don't think that's what tried, was going through his no, mind. That would be a he really did. quick thought process. <laughs> I'm just saying he
1: was mad he lost and now he's getting caught in the middle of that. He was going to do the Caitlin Clark and and hobble off the court and act like it was a season-ending injury or a major <laughs> catastrophe, only to find out nothing not even a Band-Aid was needed yeah. to cure that.
0: I love this tag. I just don't think that he was thinking, I'm going to end court storming once and for all. So over-exemplify <laughs> the fact that the was an issue with it. Who was Rex Chapman? He used to say block charge, right? Yeah, that was Rex yeah, Chapman. Yeah. Was that a block or a charge?
1: that was easily a charge
0: no it was a block he was moving he wasn't set he He was was the offensive player he was the defensive player
1: oh well then it's then it's definitely a block he was blocking he was offense because he he instigated the contact
0: yeah i was thinking he was defense because the court was running you know the players the, the students were storming the court do you have a rebuttal to this brian
3: no, well, I, I I don't think it was uh, I don't think it was a planned out uh, a, a event to get the court storming banned by any means. For, well, for, who
0: put who put this in the in the in the in the Google Doc? It says Wake Forest fans storming the court. So oh, somebody you know, thought way for storm court was in the correct. Right so right I I
3: not I'm oh. not up in arms like Jay Billis about it. I, I do think it should be banned Violet. because even no. if even if this guy should get even if this guy didn't get hurt, I mean it, player safety should be the first and foremost issue here and it I'm could pro happen pro in the future. Storming. I Are am you?
0: pro absolutely. I love a good court storm. I, yeah,
1: I think there's got to be a way though to get <laughs> the players so, somehow out like out of harm's way before all hell breaks loose. Yeah, at least get Th- the players do.
0: Most places have a really good way – like, go uh, – was it Xavier? I don't remember who it was, but one of the schools in the Big East. Like, go watch their procedure where they immediately had the security guards rope, rope off the off. area, yep. and, like, the students storm the court, but they have, like, seven-eighths of the court, and the other eighth of the court belongs to the players, and they walk off. You just have to be really good at your procedures. You have to be re- You have to be ready to go. You probably have to keep the students off the floor for the first ten seconds so you yep. can build that rope. But good luck trying to stop students storming the court. That, that is not ever going to happen. And if you're the ones trying to stop it, you're going to have like a riot.
1: And especially if you. And what, what, what's stopping it? A $100,000 fine to the university, which they pay like they're it's happy. a bar tab? Yeah, they're happy. Yeah, they're, they're, they have no problem with
0: that. They have no problem paying it. I want to nominate the, uh, the dudes who jumped Cam Newton. Who thought this was a good Jeez. idea? You had a handicap match two on one, and they couldn't handle Cam they got Newton. They, they got worked. Cam Newton beat those tomato cans, no problem.
1: And he never threw a punch.
0: He just kind of pushed him away. What and a he gentleman. He had one in a
1: headlock, and the other one he <laughs> kept at bay. And then he finally, after about thir- 15, 30 seconds, some guy ran in one of the other seven-on-seven players and got a really good shot in on one of them. I'm surprised they didn't throw the guys out of the camp and, and have him arrested. But Cam did, for Cam
3: to not throw a punch was amazing.
0: Yeah, and his hat didn't even move. Did you see that? <laughs> that yeah. was like that little. It was almost like I
3: a Brock Osweiler <laughs> pizza box moment. Still, he like the people to off, his head. not even, not even dropping it. I mean, and if the linebackers couldn't bring down Cam Newton, these jabonis thought they could do it.
0: Yeah, they Just couldn't bring it? down Cam Newton. It was hilarious.
1: If you've ever been anywhere near Cam Newton to realize what a mountain of a man he is, what guy, one guy, let alone a couple guys. Hey, here's a good idea. We're at camp seven on seven camp.
3: Let's go try and take him out.
0: Yeah. Uh, you have one, Brian?
3: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this story, but a Barstool blogger named Marty Mush uh, challenged Trevor Bauer to take BP off of him and actually got a couple hits off of Trevor Bauer. So, uh, car really? wreck is Trevor really? Bauer. Really? That actually
0: is, this, is this is this Mush guy? Is he the guy who played, like, uh, minor league ball?
3: Yeah. I, I, well, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what level he played to, but he has a claim that he could hit 135 in the majors. Yeah. So, I'm guessing he played at least college ball. I think
0: but. he played college ball. I don't think he played pro ball. I think he played college ball. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's got like a background. So what does still. that
1: say? More, more of a credit to Marty Mush, or a fact that Trevor Bauer might not be ever Trevor Bauer again? I mean,
3: Trevor Bauer to won a did Mush. Didn't he yeah. win I think a think Cy Mush Young? I, I, I give more. I give more fault to Trevor Bauer.
0: Really? I don't think Bauer. Uh, I still think Bauer would be fine if he pitched nine two four zero. Car wreck. Uh, me for saying that Myers is a breakout season. We don't know it yet.
1: Oh, I got one. We forgot. Sheed.
0: Rashid Wallace? No,
1: Sheet. your point guard for University of Oh, Houston.
0: Brian. Yeah, good call. He's going to land on Bad Take Boulevard. Uh, Kerry McNair's lawsuit, biggest dud we've ever seen. He dropped it today. Like, we oh. wanted all these fireworks. We wanted all this drama. We wanted all these stories. got none of it. Kerry, law, Kerry McNair's lawsuit, biggest dud. All right, what's winning?
1: Um, Filipowski. I was going to vote I Keith. I like that.
0: Oh. yeah, <laughs> not a bad vote. I don't want to break the tie. Joe, one last time, break the tie. Oh, you oh, can't ask. No, Joe, you're now dead. he's so big he you're can't done. even listen to this show. Dead. I'm going to go with the Duke guy, too, Filipowski. Filipowski, car wreck of the day. Congratulations. You're the car wreck of the day. Uh, congratulations. You're winning. Hopefully you don't win anything else. All right, it's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for the folks here at Republic Boot Company for having us up one final time. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the work, on-site engineer. Thanks to Brian. He's blank. I'm Branham. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Glenn Davis, Soccer Matters, next on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.